Right then, Reggie. Uh, poo bags, dog treats, house keys, dog lead, dog. Ready to give this uh, podcast thing another go? Yes. Let's go for a walk. All right, Reggie. Sounds good to me. Hello and welcome to the first ever official episode of the Dog Walk Rambles. Uh, my name's Liam and uh, you're joined by myself and my lovely dog, Reggie. Reggie is a mongrel, but mostly a lurcher. <laughs> um, so, we've just made it from the house onto the field. It's cold. It's icy, so I'm walking quite slowly, uh, but none of it seems to be bothering Reggie very much. Um, I just hope he doesn't hurt himself, I hope he doesn't slip on the ice. As, uh, like I said, he's a very quick dog, uh, being a lurcher, mongrel crossbreed, so I do tend to worry sometimes that they're going to skid off into a tree and hurt themselves somehow, but I don't know, that's the, uh, the dog parenting brain where you just worry and assume that the worst scenario is going to happen every time. It is raining a little bit, there's a little bit of a drizzle but thankfully there's not too much wind so hopefully the the audio won't be affected too much and um, we'll have a we'll have a good little uh, a good little ramble while we're, while we're taking our dogs for a walk or, or whatever you, you happen to be doing today or at this moment in time when you've decided to listen this to my new experiment to, to the lockdown uh, busyness that is this podcast the mental helping podcast which is just something we've been going to say now i do realize that i'm starting to ramble a little bit kind of why it's called the walk ramble because i'm going to ramble i'm new to this podcasting thing so not necessarily comfortable non-stop talking to our microphones but hopefully I'll get better at it you know and and maybe you guys will join me along the way and um, stick with me and give me some useful critiques you know let me know what I could improve on don't breathe so heavily into the camera camera microphone call it a call it a microphone don't call it a camera maybe learn the terminology first might be helpful God, it's cold. Oh, it's cold today. I think we'll let, we'll let Reggie off here. This looks like a nice safe area. And I say that a lot of dog owners will know what I mean when, when I say you let your dog off in a nice safe area. Uh, when you've got a dog that's a bit of a handful, their initial sort of like first five minutes off the lead is just boundless, bountiful energy. And sometimes when they see another dog in the first five minutes of being off the lead, they can be a bit of a handful for the other dog. Uh, so I try to keep Reggie to uh, to one side for the first ten minutes of his walk, and then he's fine to go and socialise with other dogs. He's a really good dog. Uh, he's quite a social dog. But for the first five minutes, he needs to get rid of that little bit of pepped-up energy that he's got 
from the night before, so I'm just going to unhook his chain. Let's have a look. Come here, boy. Good boy. There you go. Also, Reggie, in this kind of cold, needs to have a good run round to get his blood pumped in, because otherwise he's going to start feeling cold, obviously. So, um, I did a pilot version of this podcast yesterday, um, so I could work out a couple of kinks and take on a couple of notes from a few people. I'm going to implore all of those notes. I really appreciated everybody that listened. There's a small hand, handful of people that listened, and maybe you're listening again to this one, and maybe you'll be able to point out the differences, and you'll be able to see uh, where your note made an effect, you know. Um, and you might not be bothered, but it did mean a lot to me uh, that people were willing to actually listen and make a couple of quite critical comments that very helpful very helpful so yesterday on the pilot uh, I talked a little bit about making friends and I want to go back to talking about making friends I want to touch on um, what's it like not just for me as a 30 year old man uh, to start making new friends but what's it like for your dog to uh, to make new friends I think that's quite important to, uh, to know how to socialise your dog properly. Um, obviously, you know, every dog's different and every dog has a different background story and some dogs that you bump into in the park are actually rescue dogs and, um, you know, you need, to, you need to have a good recall on your own dog to, to stop your dog from getting in trouble with that dog. And that's dog politics, you know? Uh, whose fault is what, you know? Is it your fault because your dog doesn't listen to you? Is it their fault because their dog's aggressive, you know? You know, maybe it's not enough sometimes that your dog's a nice dog. You know, sometimes you've got to you've got to protect your dog, and the way you protect your dog is by training your dog. And if your dog's well trained, and you've got a sharp enough eye, and you you're paying attention when your dog's out on a walk, then um, then you should be fine, and your dog should be fine. Okay. Come into the start of an old quarry here where Reggie likes to go looking for rabbits and squirrels. Um, he is a lurcher, although he's never caught anything. Um, I've had him since he was one years old, and he's now nearly five, and he's just never caught anything. Um, he runs at full pace towards flocks of crows or or rabbits and squirrels, but before he gets too close, he, he starts biking, <laughs> barking out of excitement and therefore he never ends up actually catching anything um, which I don't think is the is actually the game for him anyway I think he quite enjoys watching everyone shit themselves which well that's his game so yesterday we touched a, a bit on what's it like for an adult to make friends and perhaps it's the, uh, the adult, i.e. you, uh, that your perceptions changed a lot over the years and maybe you're struggling to find friends because you've become settled in, in different social norms. That might be outdated now, you know, uh, obviously being social is a young man's game apparently and uh, be best, best suited to, uh, to the young. I'm starting to ramble again a bit more now, but um, I'll get back to my point in, <laughs> in due course.
I believe what I was trying to say is uh, when, when you're a bit older and your outlook on the world has changed um, that the way you are perceived by other people also gets changed so if you walk around with a face like a slapped ass because the world's been a bit mean to you for the last couple of years then you don't look as approachable you know and then you miss out on making new friends just because you don't look approachable just because you don't look like you'd be any fun to hang around with and uh, I think that is something that we get jagged with more as we get older um, perhaps obviously there's always exceptions to the rule um, but as you get older life seems to get a bit harder there's me nearly slipping on some ice on the side of this quarry so, I mean hopefully I won't you know, fracture an ankle or something like that but if the, if the mic's still going yeah, it might be quite funny it might be worth it, it might be more entertaining than what I'm talking about now in fact um, but what I wanted to really touch upon by going back to the subject is uh, is ways that we can find friends as adults and ways that I've I've tried to, to make new acquaintances over the years now I've gone from my hometown to my university town to a big city to a big city in a different country to another big city um, so I've been around a few places and therefore I've had to initiate myself into new friendship groups in a couple of different ways and uh, I want to talk about a few of those that I found quite useful and then a few of those that I didn't find as useful um, when I first got to Australia um, I did have a girlfriend at the time when I first got there to be honest so the way that we were making friends was through Facebook groups uh, Facebook groups such as uh, Brits Abroad or uh, my girlfriend was an au pair at the time so there was Nanny's Melbourne page or something along au pairs of Melbourne or something like that and you know there'd be, uh, you'd be in the, the, everyone that you socialise with would be in, the, be in the same boat as you so you'd always have that relatable topic you know and from those uh, from those social groups um, we ended up finding a, a house with a, with a couple of her friends who were also au pairs which turned out to be a big mistake for me because uh, we broke up and I got left with the room uh, with still three months of rent paid off on the room so kind of stuck in an awkward situation where my girlfriend had left and I was living in a house with a friend which is a bit awkward um, and that wasn't one of the best experiences of my life but that's mainly because I didn't take control of the situation um, and I was relying on somebody else to sort of fix my social situation uh, so after me and my girlfriend broke up what did I do? I tried Tinder and Tinder was lit in Melbourne everyone was on Tinder it was fantastic there was a new person to meet every day sometimes there was two people to meet in a day you know and everyone was very open about it everyone was very mature about it and uh, you got to meet a lot of people that way but with great power comes great responsibility and at first I wasn't very responsible and uh, the people in my house that already didn't like me necessarily liked me even less when I started bringing strange people around the house and you can't necessarily blame them so I was feeling lonely and I was looking for some kind of companionship and uh, maybe I was just confused you know maybe I was actually looking for a friend 
maybe I should have been looking for friendship and that's kind of a little bit what I'm trying to touch on now so I realized this after uh, a short while well I'm going to tell you it was a short while I don't remember how long it was and you know hopefully I wasn't too much of a slime ball um, but I realized this after a short while and then all of these sort of like shallow pretenses that, that I had for Tinder sort of went away and I just started uh, looking at everybody guys, girls, you know, every shape, every size and uh, changed my bio to uh, yay, new to the city, looking for some friends kind of vibe and uh, I got a couple of matches and I went out with a couple of those people and we hung around um, through one of those people I went to a New Year's Eve party got talking to um, this girl who's a friend of mine still up until this day and that's about six or seven years ago um, uh, New Year's Eve in Melbourne is a completely different story <laughs> by the way that was a lot of fun uh, maybe another time maybe another time um, but yeah uh, I would definitely say looking for friends on Tinder can uh, can go one of two ways you 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 can be honest as you like in your bio and you can say just looking for friendship um, you know new to the city want somebody to show me around um, just looking for friendship nothing you know uh, seedy <coughs> or nothing more you know more of a tour guide and a friendship kind of thing and um, you know you'll go out with these girls and regardless of what was written in your bio and regardless of what you know you you might have said um, in their mind because you met on tinder it's still technically a date um, and that's something that can be a bit awkward to deal with um, because that's someone's uh, that's someone's opinion kind of you know, if you meet on tinder therefore you know you must be after something and that sometimes was the case and it sometimes wasn't the case but um, it's not somewhere I would recommend anybody looking for friendship um, on tinder uh, I don't know if there are if there are better apps apparently there's an app called friend finder um, hopefully that one's a bit more pure although sometimes with these kind of websites they have horribly religious undertones and overtones and you know you don't realize it until you're in too deep and uh, you've actually been reading bible verses or you know, any, any kind of whimsical tale and not that I want to be derogatory towards any kind of you know uh, finding friends through religion um, but I think something like friend finder should be a lot more open with the fact that they are very closely related to the church okay uh, so I think what I'm going to do is put a little advert in uh, to show anybody that might be interested in buying some advertising space what my advertising chops are like and um, then we'll be back with a little bit of a ramble about your dogs making friends and um, I think we might have a have a breakfast review as well alright we'll be back after this
Um, yeah, so this one time I was on my way to the office and um, I had to go and get a coffee because I was tired. Um, so I made my way into the coffee shop and there happened to be something wet on the floor and I slipped and then tripped over this yellow triangle sign. Unbelievable! And hurt my ankle and I was late for work and when I got to work my boss said you're only getting half a day's pay for this shift. Unbelievable! Who can help me? Don't worry, young man. Michael Stevenson's personal injury law lawyers are here to help you whenever you have a trip or fall in a place that isn't your home. Because no matter what, we'll find a way to blame it on the cafe. <laughs> That's Michael Stevenson's law firm, personal injury law firm. Remember, if there's a way, we'll sue the cafe. <laughs> if there's a way, we'll sue the cafe, Michael Stevenson's law firm. Hello, welcome back. Thanks for joining us after the advert, which is probably the best part of the show so far, to be completely honest with you. It's got a bit more windy where I am. Uh, well, I say where I am, I've, I've changed my, uh, my location. I'm in a different field, and uh, unfortunately this field's on top of a bit of a hill, so hopefully there won't be too much wind interference for the next sort of like, or the last kind of 10 to 15 minutes of our rambly little conversation, but we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to provide anything of value, because this is free. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, uh, did you like my little advert? You like my jingle? If there's a way, well, I love that. That was a great little. I'm very proud of that little jingle at the end there. I've always thought about going into doing jingles. Um, was obsessed with uh, BBC Radio Cumbria or CFM back in the day where they do those weird adverts. Um, I say weird adverts. It's just a bit old school for the time, I suppose. Sort of like the same voice actor or two different voice actors having a conversation backwards and forwards, trying to be five members of the same family. Um, and trying to buy windows, but uh, yeah, I miss that old school way of advertising. Something to be said about doing something on the budget, which I quite enjoy. But anyway, we'll go back to whatever we were talking about, and whatever's we was talking about was making friends. And I've had enough of that talking about me making friends. As I throw a stick for the dog, we're going to talk about the dog and uh, the do's and don'ts uh, about socialising your dog and. Uh, Getting your dog some friends, you know, socialising him, making him the most popular dog in the park. Now Reggie is one of the more popular dogs in the park. He's got lots and lots of friends, and one of the main reasons he's got lots and lots of friends is because he's a bit big, but he's very gentle. So he can play with all types of dogs, he plays with small dogs and big dogs. Like I said earlier, you know, not in the first sort of like five minutes of his walk, I won't let him play with anyone necessarily because he's too much of a handful. But once he's had that initial run off the lead and he goes to socialise with other animals, he's an absolute delight, an absolute pleasure. And uh, dogs like him coming over. Uh, it wasn't always the case. Reggie had this weird habit of seeing a dog 200 yards away and sprinting to the maximum of his capacities and abilities over to the other dog in 
approximately two seconds because that's how bloody quick he was and if you didn't have your eye on the ball you'd feel like you'd lost him for about two or three seconds until you realised he's just gone off to go and say hello to another dog now the nasty habit that Reggie did have and sometimes he still does it um, it's a hard one to train out of your dog is uh, he'll run over to other dogs at full pace and then run really really close to them but past them and then maybe sometimes he'll bark in their ear as he's running past them and the dog will shit themselves the dog will shit themselves they are surprised they did not see reggie coming um and you know they're, they're on the back foot from the from the get-go from the hello they're on the back foot automatically because my dog is a little bit too much of a handful <coughs> right sorry about that i just uh just stopped the podcast there for uh, for a couple of minutes one because i wanted to throw a couple of sticks around for my dog and two to uh to talk about some dog politics now part of these dog politics these live action just happened a couple of minutes ago dog politics is um hand in goes hand in hand with what i was just talking about about socializing your dog about keeping your dog uh social friendly uh, obviously the more it interacts with other dogs the more normal that becomes for the dog so this particular type of dog walker i label as a <coughs> intimidator and what intimidators like to do is that when when you're in sort of like a wide open space like a s- small field or a secluded football pitch or something like that and uh, your dog's off the lead running around and you're throwing sticks and tennis balls and it's having time of its life what these intimidators like to do is stand by the exit or entrance of the field with their dog on a lead and stand there and stare at you um, and you know what they're trying to say we all know what they're trying to say they're trying to say that you need to get off this patch of field otherwise my dog will tear your dog to pieces and I don't appreciate when people try and intimidate me and my dog because my dog's quite big and my dog can hold his own and I don't feel that your lack of training for your dog should be rewarded with the freedom of a full playing field or area Um, and now what that person is actually going out of their way to do is not socialise their dogs they're trying harder to stop their dogs from socialising with other dogs and I don't understand that now intimidators aren't the worst dog walky characters that you'll come across when it comes to not socialising their animals Um, and you know they, they normally feel like they've got quite strong reasons behind it because the dog's been violent in the past um, but in which case, you know, maybe make your dog wear a muzzle so it doesn't bite another dog. Uh, I know it sounds horrible, but you know, if you don't trust your dog, then you shouldn't put other people's animals at risk necessarily. Um, and you shouldn't expect people just to clear off because you know you've damaged your dog mentally. And that sounds horrible to say. Um, I do actually feel bad now about saying that. But yeah, they're not the worst sort of like dog walky people you meet that don't let their dog socialise with people. There's another sort of character 
and I'll pretty much guarantee anybody in the dog world, everybody in the dog world has met this sort of person. Or maybe you are this sort of person and you're proud of it. You know, maybe you wear it as a badge of honour. Um, but you are the picker-uppers. You are the small dog owner. Scotty dog, chihuahua, pug, Frenchie. And when another dog comes over to your dog, you like to pick your dog up. Which also stops your dog from being able to socialise with other animals in a very weird way. Now this just develops further issues in small dogs. You know, you'll see um, when, a, when, when a picker-upper hasn't noticed another dog approaching their dog, the tiny dog starts freaking out and jumping up at the picker-upper and yipping and yapping in a panic because they're used to being picked up rather than socialising with another dog. You heard, you heard Reggie there just, just running, running past me. Um, in between our little breaks, Reggie today has seen Egbert again. You know, if you listen to the pilot, you might have, uh, you might remember Egbert, the little story I told you about Egbert and Mark. Um, and we also met Luna today. Luna is a, is a husky, I believe. Um, probably some kind of mongrel mix, mixed breed husky of some kind. She's got beautiful uh, separate coloured eyes. She's got one orange eye and one blue eye. And uh, they, were the, they were the two dogs today that me and Reggie socialised with. Um, I met Luna's owner and learnt his name for the first time. So that's me making a, another friend, hopefully. <laughs> uh, his friend is his friend. Uh, Luna's owner's name is Dale which is easy for me to remember because that's my sibling's name. Um, so yeah, um, it's important to let your dog socialise. Um, it's important for you to get your dog to a point where he is trained enough to be off the lead, to be recalled easily, whether that's you using food to bring him back every time, you know, it's all about your dog's safety. That recall is the difference sometimes between your dog getting into trouble and your dog being safe. Um, you know, fantastically, over the last sort of like five or six years, I've been seeing these colour-coded leads. So if your dog does sort of start walking over to another dog and they have one of those caution yellow leads on, you can see it from a mile away. And um, that's great. You know, you can adjust your dog and your attitude and your stance accordingly, uh, which I massively appreciate. And um, yes, I think I've, I think I've said enough about me making friends and about your dogs making friends, especially because this is a one-sided conversation. It's quite hard to push a one-sided conversation past uh, past the half an hour mark, which is my sweet spot that I'm aiming for, as I hopefully get better and start adding some like maybe some fun segments to the podcast Reggie just I don't know if you can hear him we're sort of walking through a bit of a snowy area and he's doing a couple of circles around me <coughs> skipping through the snow but uh yeah segments going back to segments I did actually plan on starting today's episode my debois episode my debut episode um, officially deboired today, 
sorry on the ramble again I did think about doing a segment called reviewing my breakfast where pretty much I would tell you today anyway at least what I had for breakfast and then hopefully through the powers of the internet and friendship and some possible arm twisting some of you guys will give me a message and you'll tell me what you had for breakfast today and I'll review it tomorrow and that might be a fun little segment we can do uh, so today I had um, coconut yogurt which I get from Aldi I had two big tablespoons of that with a handful of blueberries and a handful of raspberries and a little teaspoon of honey um, I had two slices of toast with just butter on that wasn't great I suppose a bit boring of me but uh, I was gonna have marmalade and then I opened the marmalade and it had bits in it I don't know if uh, if you have certain feelings towards marmalade with bits in it but in my house that's a no-go so that marmalade will probably be sitting in my fridge until we've had enough overnight guests that enjoy marmalade to have got rid of it and I followed it up with my signature mocha and how you make my signature mocha is one tablespoon of coffee one tablespoon of hot chocolate powder any brand will do and one teaspoon, a small teaspoon of sugar alright and here's the method and this is the part about making drinks that a lot of people don't give you the method is that you pour all that stuff in the bottom of your cup and then you get a bit of cold water and you throw a little bit of cold water in the bottom do you know what that does? that stops the boiling water that you're going to put in from burning your instant coffee and your instant chockey and if you get instant burnt coffee or instant burnt hot chockey you'll probably realise it's a lot more bitter and my friend pointed this out to me about three years ago and it changed my at-home instant coffee experience and improved it tenfold just by putting a tiny bit of water in the bottom of my coffee before I added the hot water and if any of you guys can give that tidbit a go and it's, I'm sure it will change your instant coffee experience it will improve your coffee tenfold but unfortunately what it will do is that when you go to someone else's house and they make you a coffee and they don't make it the right way by putting the secret splash of water in the bottom before you add the hot water it's going to taste awful and you, my friend would have became a coffee snob Alright, I'm going to leave it there, I think. I think we've rambled a bit. Um, well, I think I've rambled a lot. And I've had enough of rambling for this. Um, I'm going to actually record another podcast later. Uh, I think I've decided to call it the Blue Army podcast. And uh, I'm going to talk about everything Carlisle United. So if you're interested in that, you can, uh, you can find the Blue Army podcast on Spotify uh, later on today. Uh, just after this podcast has been posted, probably. Or maybe at the same time, because it'll make more sense for me to edit them at the same time. Alright, well that's enough of me. Thank you very much for joining me on the Dog Walk Rambles. And we'll see you next time. Bye now!